0: Hello, I'm Candy, and welcome to the Backstage Pass podcast. This show is about using your expertise as a creative to become a successful business owner. And these remarkable women perfectly demonstrate that with a strong mindset and having the right partner, you can create a thriving business that you love. This incredible duo are ballet fitness experts, sleek technique. The creators of Sleek, Flick and Victoria, had parallel careers. Flick performed lead roles in the West End and Victoria performed principal roles in the Birmingham Royal Ballet. Together, they launched the first online ballet fitness in the UK. Ten years on and they're still going strong, having done campaigns with Sweaty Betty and featured in magazines such as Vogue. They are so well-respected and Sleek Technique is available in over 75 countries across the globe. The Sleek Ballet Fitness app is receiving five-star reviews and has also been featured as Apple's app of the day. Sleek picked up an award for best fitness instructors in 2021 and 2023 as voted by women in the UK and the US. I'm so excited for you to listen to this one. It's fantastic. Are you ready? Okay, (laughs) let's go. So how did you come up with the idea of sleek technique? I'll ask this one too Flick <laughs>
1: well, we're going back a few years because we are a decade in the making of sleek. So ten years ago, it was a funny thing. I, there was a tube strike on in London. I was in London. Victoria was with Birmingham Royal Ballet, as you well know, and I was really frustrated because I couldn't get into town. I wanted to do a ballet class. I wanted to move. And I rang Vix, so I was like, oh, I can't get into town. She was like, oh, put a DVD on or something. Or I think you might have said put a video on. I don't know. Could have been that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: not 20 <laughs> years ago. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, you're right, DVD. Um, and, um, and I thought to myself, oh, it's a little bit of a hassle here. And Victoria and I were both at points in our careers. We were very much at the top of our careers, certainly Victoria with Birmingham Royal Bally and myself in London in the West End. But we were sort of thinking of that what next. We were, you know, we're kind of like that. We're kind of, kind of on a level, Victoria and I. We're very different, but mm-hmm. we've got really good understanding of each other. And that was something that made me go, Oh, that's really inconvenient that I can't, I can't do anything, can't do it. And it sort of lay there. Anyway, cut to a few weeks, maybe a few months later. And Victoria and I were talking about our what next and we both knew we wanted to work together and we both knew that actually using the skills that we already had, the experience that we had as professional dancers and our knowledge of how we looked after our bodies, how we maintained and kept our bodies in such great shape was probably where we were best suited to come up with something mm-hmm. together. And we just said, well, what about the costs of putting a studio together in London or even Birmingham would be just extortionate? We're not trying online. What about doing this so that, it could be accessible to everybody, to anyone, anytime in the world. And at this point, because that doesn't sound that exciting right now, but at this point, no one was really doing that. Certainly no one in the UK was doing it. And so well, maybe there's an idea. Victoria went off to the States, researched some methods out there. I stayed in London, researched some methods out here. And we took, We distilled sort of the really good bits that we liked and that everybody else seemed to like, filtered out the bits that perhaps weren't for us or weren't working quite so well. We came up with a method. We approached uh, some developers and 10 years ago, we launched Sleep Technique online with six workouts um, and our live class, which was absolutely what we thought would be the, the boom biggest part of our business. But our live class platform launched 10 years ago. And indeed, we were the first ballet fitness company in Europe to launch and that's how it happened and here we are
0: 10 years later it's amazing because you you did start the whole idea didn't you of combining ballet and fitness it yeah it's it's incredible I mean how did you go from from dancing in into that was fitness always something that you guys enjoyed I'll ask this one to Victoria now (laughs) is it something that you always enjoyed um, were you going to the gym when you weren't performing? Mm-hmm. What was the story then? Yeah, I,
2: mean, I went through quite a phase um, of, of recombining really fitness routine with my classical training, and I think both for Flick and I, quite uniquely, we never suffered any major injuries throughout our entire, twenty-year career. That's, and that's really quite unheard of in mm-hmm. professional. Yeah, and what we both had in common is we did supplement our training um, with, you know, other fitness stuff. And I've kind of always done that through my career and then I actually did take um, a bit of time to go and retrain as a personal trainer, did a nutrition certificate, did an um, anatomy and massage course and those things are kind of brought together. I found them very dry on their own but when combining them with more fluid balletic movement but still the same principles of um, the muscular structure and strengthening conditioning, it kind of started to sing a little bit more. Um, I could never, and flick as well, speaking for both of us, you know, we could never build a method that was repetitive and boring and not creative, because we're both creatives by nature. Um, so using those elements of we both, you know, we both love to dance, we both love to choreograph a bit, we both love to move to music. That dance element blended with the fitness was exactly what we loved doing. And we knew if we loved doing it so much, and it kept us in great shape that it could do that for other people. So um, yeah, we really, we spent quite a bit of time back and forth and online, um, really refining the method. And once we really felt like this is it, this is ours, this is uniquely ours, we've not, you know, it's not replicating anything else that's out there. and we were really happy with it we launched our first six workouts like Flick said and the online live classes and I remember taking our first one we got our, I was sitting in the theater in Manchester we were on tour in Manchester and ping went my email and we got our first booking for our first live class and I phoned Flick straight away and, oh, we've got our first booking! I was on tour um, scheduled to take the class so I set up in the hotel gym and I had the wi-fi ready and the computers ready and the rubber all ready she didn't turn up uh, <laughs> It was slow beginnings. It was really hard to make people understand what we were doing because at that time there was Skype. Skype was around, yeah. so we were trying to explain to people it's a little bit like Skype. We can see you. what you can see me in my living room. Okay. Yep, with your you know with your cam in your in your computer, we can see you to give you you know feedback and correction. And um, people were a little bit tentative about it. Now Zoom, um, you know and google chat and everything it's ten a penny and everybody's really familiar with the idea so that's helped us somewhat yeah. um, in terms of getting people in and getting over that barrier but back then um as i say being the first people doing it in, in dance fitness people were quite nervous about coming in for their first class it took quite a lot of coaxing and
0: it would be uh, really uh, scary for you as well because you know you're you're putting yourself out there with you know your your products that you believe in that you love but you don't know how it's going to be received by I the public it smart. must be quite nerve wracking, i imagine when there's two of you, yes, it's easier because we had each other to be
1: nervous with or to be reassuring or to say, come on, we can do this or this is all fine. Yeah. Where, wherever we were at, we, it's, it's, it was easier because we were a, we're a team, we are a partnership. We celebrate that you know, 10 years on, the business is
2: still growing and successful and that our relationship is still so good. But I was thinking about this like, before we came online with you, Candy, that would I still be doing this 10 years on? If I wasn't doing it with Flick, I think I'll probably speak Paris well, probably not, because you come to cruxes in any business in a a decade period where you wonder which direction to go next. You query whether you're doing the right thing. You wonder, you know, especially after COVID, how the landscape changed in in online fitness and became such a flooded market, you know, if you can still retain your place in it. um, You you come to so many junctures within a 10 year period. Had I not, had we not had each other to bounce off, um, I don't think 10 years on, either of us doing it on our own, we'd necessarily still be going. Um, but it's a great comfort and a great support, I think, doing it with somebody who you know, trust, um, and you have a similar and complementary skill set as well.
0: You guys have known each other since you went to school together, haven't you? So, what was your journey? Because you went, was it Elmhurst? Yeah.
2: Yes. Yes. You you met used-
0: yeah, so you yeah. went to Elmhurst together and then you kind of went t- to your parallel career paths and then you reunited and started this business.
1: I would frequently be up to watch Victoria's opening nights at BRB or her, any of her really pivotal roles that she really absolutely loved and I would be there, you know, I would be watching those and similar, she would be coming down, stood at the back, waving and come and see the shows, yeah, we were always We were still in touch massively throughout our, our non-sleek careers between school and sleek. We were, we were friends. Yeah.
0: So Flick, what did you do in your career path? I'm not so familiar with yours as Victoria because she was in, you know, the company with me. So what was it you were doing? So my very
1: first job (laughs) has a bit of a story to it because I was still at Elmhurst. I was in my sixth form and an audition came up for a show called A Chorus Line. And I was lucky enough to be being taught at the time. Our head of musical theatre at the school was a wonderful, is a wonderful lady called Petra Siniowski. And she was the understudy of the original Cassie, which is the, the lead. There are no leads in a chorus line, but the original Cassie, she, she understood in, and understood it in the, in London at the West End. And she was teaching me wow. and I, we weren't allowed to audition. We weren't at that point, but I went to the audition anyway because I just, that show was in my head as a dream show to do. And it doesn't come around too often. It has come around since, but it doesn't come around too often. And especially as this was the original, this was the Broadway, this was the Michael Bennett, this was by Lee directing. This was, it was a big deal. Didn't really think I'd get it, but also I did have the confidence of a 17-year-old that had no idea what rejection was. So it didn't really matter either way. (laughs) If I was going up for the role now, I would have all sorts of demons to conquer, but I didn't. I absolutely didn't at that point. And the long story short is I kept getting down for the rounds. I kept getting, you know, as you do, you filter down, you filter down. And they very much run the auditions for A Chorus Line as it's run in the show. They do that intentionally. Really? Yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy, but I get the... You know, I get the the incentive behind that craziness is to find those yeah. characters that are as true to those characters as can be, and I kept getting further and further and further down, and very quickly it was obvious that I was skipping a few classes to go to London to do these auditions. Bearing in mind, and Victoria will contest this, or not not contest it, she will completely agree with this. I wasn't a skip school kind of a girl. I didn't miss classes. I never dropped a sequin. I was in class. You know, I was a you know diligent student. Teachers, you know, had no complaints in that department, but suddenly over this three or four week period of these auditions, I was not in class. So it got to the final audition and the day before and we were a hustling for our summer show and I couldn't, and I was in a lot of numbers in the summer show as well, but I knew I wanted to go to this audition. And so I came clean and I said, look, I've got this audition. And the head teacher was really unhappy about it. Not the staff, not the faculty, not, not the teachers that Victoria and I No, still and love. The head of school said, if you go to that audition, don't bother coming back, which was really tough because yeah, which was a really horrible and Mm. tough place to be. Also, again, Victoria knows this. I was a scholarship girl. There was only one scholarship girl at Elmhurst and that was me. And I'd really earned that scholarship in terms of I'd put the work in. And as I said, I was a good student and I just wanted to go to what was a huge opportunity, a final audition of a massive Broadway show, it was coming to the UK, A Chorus Line, and he gave me that dilemma and I ummed and ahed in the most tragic and dramatic of 17-year-old adolescent ways and made the decision to go and I went to the audition and I got cut. I got cut in the first five minutes oh. and rang my mum from the phone box by Danceworks, which is still there. Um I rang my agent because I'd got an agent through this because Petra had given me her agent and they'd taken me on and said, they've cut me. And in fact, no, I didn't ring my agent. I rang my mum and she said, what are you going to do? I said, I'm going to go to Pineapple and do a ballet class because I've got no school to go back to. I put the phone down.
0: <laughs> oh, my goodness. And by the time
1: I'd gone from Works to Pineapple, I walked into the reception just feeling like my whole world had ended. There was a message for me at Pineapple reception on a post-it note. Of course, there was no mobile phone. There were mobile phones, but I didn't have one at that point. Saying, "Flick Swan, please return to DanceWorks immediately uh, and call your agent. So again, I ran to another phone box, put 10 in the box. I said, we found you. We spoke to your mum. She said you were going to pay you, you You were cut by mistake. They put you on the wrong pile. They put you on a separate pile because I was in the first, I think I was in the first group dancing. They put me as the go-through pile, and then they made two other piles and they'd forgotten about me. So I (gasps) raced back to Danceworks and by the end of the day, I'd got the job and I played Val. (gasps) And it was a huge Val.
0: Oh, she's my favourite. Well, she's everyone's.
1: Dance 10 looks three. She's everyone's.
0: I never knew that
2: bit of the story about the confusion of getting cut and going back i never heard that bit before
1: but <laughs> i can honestly tell you even when i was recounting it then when i got cut and walked out it actually gave me a little bit of in my chest because i just remember thinking okay what do i do now and the only thing i knew to do that i knew would put me back in the zone was go it was get to the bar and do a ballet class because that's what you do. It's, it's, it's a ground. It will, it's a grounding for me. I'm quite sure it's a grounding for you guys. And that's all I could think to do. Just go and do a ballet class, be in a ballet zone and, and something will work out. And before it, I even got there, there you go. That's amazing. What a great story. I didn't tell the head teacher. The staff knew and they were delighted, but I didn't tell the head teacher and, uh, He assumed I hadn't got the job and he asked me, now, Felicity, you made a very big mistake. I think it's time you came back to the school. And I said, Oh, I'm so sorry. I can't. I've got the job. So it was quite, (laughs) it was quite a nice way of going. Maybe you should have had a little bit more trust in, in your students. It's very different now. Indeed. Very different. Yeah.
0: So Victoria, we were in the company together at the Birmingham Royal Ballet and I think we had very different journeys. I left a lot sooner before you did, but you did some incredible roles. It must have been amazing. What was your what was your favourite role to do in the company?
2: Um, gosh, I think probably one of the first roles I saw the company do. They the company came to the Royal Opera House in London and did Carmina Burana. and it's a quite a modern classical piece which David Bintley, the then director, created, and it just went down a storm. At that point, it was, mm. it was getting rave reviews, and I went to see it, and I was blown away. And I walked in and had that moment of. I want to dance that role one day. And um, it was the first ballet we did when I joined the company. So literally, um, I Swan Lake was the first thing and Carmina Miranda was next. Mm -hmm. So Swan Lake, we had five weeks to get together because the company had just finished doing it just before the summer holidays. So they all knew it. There was only two new girls, myself and Isabel, a fellow colleague of um, Flick and I's. So we had to learn Swan Lake. We were on stage five weeks later, terrified, watching with our eyes either side (laughs) trying to remember the steps. And then the next ballet that came up, the triple bill alongside that, um, a little double bill, had Carmina in it. And I was in a, I was covering one of the, um, I was second cast to one of the girls. So I got on every other show and I loved it. And I stood in the wings every night and watched the lead girl. And thought, that's the one, that's the one, I want to do that. And then I was lucky enough that the next time it came around in the repertoire, a year or two later, um, I was cast to do it. And it was one of my favorite roles to do not just because it was i pinpointed it as a personal goal but because lots of the female characters in ballets like swan lake sleepy beauty they're princesses that need rescuing and fortuna the goddess of fate and fortune in carmina is a powerful strong woman who has the kind of fate and fortune of everybody else in the ballet in the balance and that really i really love that because I, you know, I was always quite, um, you know, a strong dancer. I like row. I like to move. I like to, you know, explosive movements. And this was something where, you know, rather than being weak and retiring, I could, you know, you could really power through and bit and hold the stage. Yeah. And that appealed to me. And um, I was lucky enough then to go. And the director asked me to go and guest and do it um, in Japan. Yeah. Other the, the company that he co-directed there. So I got to go out there, and they're mega into their ballet out there, particularly the kind of. English ballet dancers so it was an amazing experience, it was like being a pop star, (laughs) Um, um, proper you know crowds outside the theatre type thing. I loved that and I I relished that opportunity and felt very lucky to do that. Um, And then on the flip side my final ballet that I ever danced was super classical, Giselle and again Queen of the Willies, quite a strong um, female character, lots of big movements, big jumps and Mm. um, menages around the room. Uh, and that I barely remember because I was so emotional. Um, it was the end of a near 20 year career and I'd made the decision, um, you know, I wanted to go out on top. I didn't want to peter out. I really wanted to go out feeling strong and not, you know, taper on for years. And going. what are we going to do with her? <laughs> I'm very proud about that. I, just, I only wanted to be there while the going was good. Yeah. And when it got to a point when it was really good, but I knew it wasn't going to get any better than that because it was just great. I made a quite brutal decision to stop because Flick and I had already started talking about the what next at what seems like a very young age now of 34 because dancers do tend to go on now with better physio, better nutrition a bit longer. Um, so having not had any injuries, it maybe was quite early to stop, but it was the best it was gonna get. It was, I, I'd had an amazing time. I finished with the grand finale I wanted and it was, um, you know, and we planned, we had something else to step into. That the brutal thing was, I think, um, I think Flick, having worked freelance with lots of different companies and great different groups of people, I'd worked with one amazing family of people and dance. Some of the dancers did come and gone, but I'd made friends for life in that company. I traveled with those people from when I was eighteen till I was thirty-four. You know, stayed in digs together, blued around the world together, and it was a bit like a family. So more than losing the routine and losing the performance aspect. It was actually the the people and the the lifestyle that I found really hard um, because I finished my performance on the Friday night and by Monday I was sat in front of a computer which I barely knew how to use at that point. Um, going right, so now I run an online business or we run an online business and you know it was finding our way from there. Uh, a part of me felt like, who am I? You know, because being mm. a dancer, so much of both our identities. Um, mm. I think Flick handled it best than I did, actually. She was more, um, you know, cutthroat about, well, that bit's done now, it was great, and now we're moving on to this. I was a little bit more, it took me a while for me to get my head around and find my identity again, um, having been a wanting to be a ballerina since I was two, and that's all I'd kind of done and known. I really, it took me a while to get my head around the fact of this big change. But I would say a year and a half, two years on from that kind of brutal moment where we made that really sudden change, I couldn't be happier. I couldn't have been happier with where we were. Flick and I, you know, both, without knowing it, had started a business which gave us, um, unlike our careers previously, where you were told what time you had to be at the theatre, how many hours you were rehearsing for, where you are going to be on tour next month and next year and at Christmas and this. You know, we had complete freedom to run a business from wherever we wanted to, in the hours we wanted to, and um, the only people we were accountable to was each other. And the sudden realisation of the freedom and liberty in that didn't dawn on me until about a year later when we both started a family as well and I realized had I been at work I would have been at this horrible crux point where I would happen to put them in a full-time nursery and go back into work or how would we have managed tours me and my partner when I was away for weeks at a time and that would have been heartbreaking for me but we were in this kind of unique position where um we could have our time with family at home, work from home, teach from home, um, meet with each other online. And, yeah, we created that freedom without even knowing it. And it it took me a while to appreciate it. But once I did, I was
0: like, boom, this is amazing. Mm. You guys, both of you, from the stories you've told and knowing Vicky in the company, you're both such strong, strong women. And I've only seen Victoria dance. But when she danced, I remember always thinking, God, the power just the strength but you could tell it wasn't just a physical strength it was a mental strength it really really was and so I love that that it's gone through from physically being a ballerina and performing for others that you're doing something where you're bringing people to you and you're helping them but you're showing your strength I think it's amazing Absolutely amazing! So
1: it
2: is a very feminine brand. What we created, there are men that sleep, but very few. Um, I think it's mostly women that sleep with us because it is a quite a feminine workout method. But what we purposely did is we didn't want to like we always say so many workout methods are for men and then adapted for women. We've done something that is very much for a woman's body. You know, mm. to create long, lean muscles. Um, you know, fl- better flexibility and posture. So you know, an overall feeling of wellness, but in the way you move you feel hopefully feel more confident and look more confident um you know posture is a big thing for us we always talk about it but um yeah it it, we've had so few injuries across our careers and you know we both managed to stay touch wood in, in 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 really good shape um now into our 40s as well and I think that That was really the thing that we thought, this is our goal. This is our, you know, our precious stuff. This is the stuff that we can share and actually help people with. And luckily, as many people have enjoyed it as we hoped and continue to enjoy it, which is good.
0: And you guys had families at the same time, right? You had babies around the same time. The non-planning of that, the the pure coincidental, accidental harmony
1: of that worked out really well. At first, we were like, how are we going to do this? Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, so, you know, we'll get to the end and, you know, you could do that. and You know, always knowing we would come up with something. But actually, we both kept sleeping right up until we gave birth. We also created a pre and postnatal program as a result of it that we practiced, that we did not only in our live classes, but as a program for anyone else to sleep who was pregnant or mm-hmm. had just had a baby, which still to this day, it's still frequently being purchased and being watched and we get questions asked about it and people love it. Um, and that was literally from our own bodies creating that particular program. But also just having our babies Amazing. together at the same time meant that we had a complete shared understanding of motherhood, parenthood, which we wouldn't have had if even they were a year apart. We had a complete understanding within four weeks, we both knew exactly What these emotions were—this intense love, the hormones, the the ups, the downs, the sleepless nights, the breastfeeding—that you know, we were going through a shared journey of that as well, and we were blessed. We were blessed to have that without knowing, again, without knowing.
2: Yeah, and and exactly, I reiterate what Flick says. It was initially we were like, "Are we going to have enough, you know, manpower to cover everything and everything?" When, but it was an absolute blessing because. We're both quite hardcore. And had one of us had a baby and not understood where the other one was and the other one hadn't, and we wouldn't understand where the other one was. If they were going, I just can't teach today. I'm just, <laughs> I'm exhausted. I've not slept. I would have gone, pull yourself together for Christ's sake. You know, we've done double show days for seven days, we can do this. And we wouldn't have got it. But because we were at the same stage, I'd be like, God,
1: I know how you feel. I'm yes. so tired. <laughs> and, well, I, and, and the ironic thing is, Neither of us ever did miss a class because we are hardcore. But if we needed to, we got it. But on the days yes. when we were exhausted, absolutely, we... we, we, we. But
2: even just
0: to
1: share it, it just to voice yeah. it and go, yes, me too. This is much
0: harder than,
2: you know, eight shows a week.
0: <laughs> yeah. How did you navigate the business when they were tiny? Did you have, um, like, schedules where would be like, today I'm with the baby and, like, with the nurseries and stuff? How did that work?
1: We have amazing photographs of us filming, breastfeeding. We've got photos of both our mums down at a big shoot that we did with Sweaty Betty and the prams are there and Vicky and I are just doing it. And Uh, We did two
2: campaigns heads of Sweaty Betty, which were were phenomenal for us uh, the first one literally six months after we'd launched we came onto their radar and did a ballet boot camp with them and then a couple of years later because it was the most successful campaign they had done they wanted to do another one and flick and i had literally just given birth and then we just had a few you know we had a few weeks to and luckily both of us were fairly lucky that most of the, the baby weight came off fairly quickly but we were heavily breastfeeding and about mm-hmm. probably 12 weeks into being mums and we went to this big sweaty betty shoot the help of family, um, you know, and Sweaty Betty is a very female-led company as well. they were like, bring the babies. Don't worry. You know, we'll take a break. We We smashed through it in one take, I think the whole first half. We did a little breastfeed and then we did the match section and we were done in half the time they'd have lost for us. And they were like, wow, okay, that's it. We're done. That's a wrap. And we're like, okay, see ya. (laughs) We were back in the car with the babies back up to home. But it was necessity and it was... um, Habit as well. We've always just driven. We've always just done the two of us, um, and you know, with a bit of help from family and a bit of planning, it 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 really did. It, it all worked out. Mm-hmm. We had a lovely girl, a lovely girl called Sophie, who works for us as well, who uh, was great at taking the reins a little bit with um, more teaching when we were literally <laughs> um, literally just popped them out. Um, and we have a lovely team, an all female team actually, who are. Every single one of them, wonderful women. And now we've worked together for quite a few years. And yes, I have to say a shout out to them because
0: it's it's nice. just,
2: uh, yeah, like a family. The lover's grown, the sleep
0: lovers grown in that respect. So how do you keep things fresh in the business? Harder than you think. Oh, that's a good
1: question.
0: Yeah, it's a good question. It's harder
1: than you think, not in a sense of creating our workouts, our content. Of course, you go through periods where, You've got a great idea for a workout and a series of workouts and and the ideas are flowing. And then periods where we'll say to each other, I'm trying to come up with something that's more interesting to be out focused and I can't think of anything. That's normal. But actually creating the content and keeping that fresh really isn't difficult for us. What is the challenge is keeping our audience growing and keeping our audience interested, but keeping an audience of new people finding us. And that is particularly with an online business, where your time is taken up, where the hours are taken up, where the the more stressful uh, input is is put into a business. Again, because there's two of us, we come together and we we halve the, we halve the load. We halve the load of that stress. Mm.
0: i've seen some amazing amazing things on i think is it TikTok, but it's on instagram and you have some amazing videos that's just helping to keep you in the public eye i think that's very very clever who does the editing we do
2: do we do do a lot of our own it we've uh, we've become from being quite ballet bunheads and you know and dancers that is as as our our main thing we both become quite a fae now with all the kind of relevant parts of the business simply because we're kind of doers and maybe a little bit control, because so I like to, like, know, I like to know how everything works. <laughs> Otherwise, um, I feel, yeah, I don't feel comfortable. I need to know how that works. Um, so we've kind of learnt uh, over the last 10 years, lots of different aspects of the business. We've learned a bit about SEO. We've learned a bit about web de- development. We've learned a bit about, you know, social media and, How best to market? We're not by any means experts and we still get in help when we feel we're out of our depth. Um, but we've, we've, we've learned a lot in the last 10 years and do cover a lot of bases, the two of us personally.
1: So specifically with, with editing candy, the the thing that we found is by nature of our workouts, because they are so authentic to ballet or dance in the terms, in the sense that it is in every single workout. We, you know, you won't get a workout with us that is just squats to music and planks. It, it is a creative method. What we found is because most editors, as great as they are, they don't know They don't know perhaps a beat or an end of a line or an end of a phrase in the way that a dancer does. It actually, it's it's quicker for us to edit because we know exactly where that arabesque line finishes on that count of eight before you go into whatever you're doing. Mm. And actually explaining that to someone who doesn't know what an arabesque is, but might be an amazing editor, is more time consuming than just editing it yourself. So the editing we definitely have become, I'd say, pretty pretty good at, pretty sharp at. So really it's a time-saving yeah. thing as well for us to do it ourselves, even though it seems crazy. You'd say, we'll get someone to edit it, but actually it's kind of quicker if we do it. And also Victoria and I, we, Victoria, even more than me, we have that eye of, I cannot have a squidgy foot or a bent knee <laughs> <laughs> like a shot, which we as dancers and you know this candy notice probably most people wouldn't even, but we can't have it there. And again, someone who isn't, even a little trained in the world of dance in the world of line and aesthetics wouldn't clock that and there's been times where we have used indeed people to help us with social media and they've put something together and we've gone oh, no that's awful they've picked them up with the wrong arm the shoulders up or whatever but they don't realize so it's time it's more time constructive for us to actually just do those bits ourselves and we might be control freaks as well <laughs>
0: I get that I totally get that I mean I had a bit of time in modeling and I worked it was a few days where photographers they were having days with models and I was most most often the only ballerina amongst all of them but it was like fashion dance type thing and you could always count that they would use the one where I was just coming down from a landing I was just taking off and just be like that that's not how I look. Yeah. <laughs> it's catching me in a funny way. You the so, yeah, got some recent...
1: some here. Oh, yeah.
0: like the foot is getting getting there, honestly. <laughs> oh god, yeah. But I think that's that's amazing. I I would have thought that it was professionally edited. Do you have any disagreements on the structure of workouts? I can honestly say in the heart, not at all. Oh. Really, <laughs> no. And and you know what.
2: Quite often now, I you know, um, Flick doesn't often look at my workouts. I don't often look at her workouts. We just know our method so well that we know we're kind of in line with it. And when we come to a filming day together, um, you know, quite often we will get in the studio together sometimes and create. But quite often, Flick will bring her input. I'll bring my input. We'll get into the studio, and before we've even spoken about it, I know what she's going to do before she says it, and I can follow along, and she can follow along with me. And it's that blissful kind of. Um, comfortable uh, familiarity mm. um, that you have with how a person works, and I can say pretty much if we take any, we take a phone call, if we take a meeting, I can almost nine times out of ten say I think I'm speaking on Flicks behalf here as well. When I say da 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 da, because um, very rarely do we
1: disagree on on things. Let's say, for example. We're speaking to someone about something really what Victoria and I think is, is dry, say SEO. We get to the end of the call and I think, well, they didn't suggest that. And, and Vicky Vicks is like, well, I don't think that matters because of this. The, the discrepancies are tiny. We always find a way to go, okay, well, let's go with that then. And we'll see where we're at in a month's time. We always, we know that little things that might, we have a slightly different angle coming in at unravel themselves. The big stuff, mm. it just doesn't. We're lucky. I. I. That's, I, that's so not. That, well, I, I was going to say that's not to say that that would be the norm. I think our foundation mm. was there with 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 Vix and I. The foundation was there. Our friendship. There's one foundation. The next level of that is our shared work ethic, our shared sense of humor. Because again, you know, I know people they get us mixed up. They call me Flick, Vic, Vic, Flick, but we're very <laughs> different. <laughs> all of that but we We often use use the Anton deck so that next layer of, of being very different people completely different in lots of levels but very very comprehensive of each other understanding of each other's place in the world and realizing that actually we we have our same our goals are the same And I'm not talking about ambition, I'm just talking our goals for life, for being happy in life, for being healthy in life, for being well in life, for, yes, being ambitious, but also being realistic of how you balance life. We're very, very the same. And that foundation means that when you get to the big stuff, it's very easy to to iron it out. It's very easy to, even if if you even need to iron it out, you might not even need to iron it out. I know lots of friends that go into businesses together that are great friends, but their foundations are different as people and therefore they come on a little more unstuck and maybe your ambitions are slightly different, maybe work ethics are slightly different, maybe life-work balance goals are slightly different. And that's, I think, where businesses maybe then struggle to to forge ahead and you see partners changing and businesses being sold. Victoria and I, we are very much not in that realm. but. I think it's probably rare, but I think that's probably why our foundations are there. And our foundation of the business when we created it in Weatherspoons in Coventry, you know, the foundations were there. We we were on the same page literally and metaphorically there, which meant we you probably are gonna be in ten ten years' time and twenty years' time. So we're very lucky with that. And and yeah. That is just out of our hands, isn't it, Vix? That's just how we are. and Yeah, I feel very blessed for it and really do, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's an incredible, incredible company. I need to ask you a question. I'm just curious to know, do you feel like you're in better shape now than when you were dancers with the fitness that you're doing at the moment? Or oh, I'll let you go first, Flick. I think Flick
2: is in the shape of her life. She looks amazing. Um, me personally, I think I felt, because we used to train so many hours a day, I was actually explaining this to a personal trainer client um, today. You get to that lovely zone where your body just does what you want it to do without any resistance because you're practicing so much every day. Um, You know, you're in class followed by six hours of rehearsal and your body's a machine. It just does what you want without any resistance. And that is a beautiful place to be at. And then um, with less training and time out, I went through a really great period of actually body recovery my body felt pretty much the same it would do all the things i wanted to do still on half the training i was thinking wow i'm getting away with this um now i do i train the way my body wants to be trained i don't thrash at the same level as i used to i you know my body these different things now um you know at 14 to 30 and it did 20 so i think i definitely train for the way my body feels now, and I still feel good as I am now, but I know I couldn't necessarily execute the movements that I used to be able to in my twenties and thirties as a ballerina training six hours a day. Doesn't mean to say I don't feel good. I don't feel great. Um, I can't necessarily, but I don't. I don't aspire to achieve those things physically anymore. I want my body to feel good. I want it to have longevity. I want to feel good when I put on my clothes. But beyond that, I don't need to do a grand jeté and anymore um, so I, I do feel good but I don't feel in the same shape as I was as a dancer mm-hmm. but that's not relevant anymore to me and it's not um, I don't I don't need that anymore I have to say I'm quite envious that Flick she looks even better now
1: than she did <laughs> you know and if she, she's really I'll address that and that is because of this last 10 years so uh, for me Although I was always in good shape, you know, so the shows that I went on to do shows like Chicago, you're required to wear very little, you know, Killing Kittens, Here We Come. It's, you know, it's definitely, it was a career where I, you know, I, I was quite often being cast in pretty blonde roles and those types of shows, which I didn't have a problem with. So of course I was slim, I was in good shape. I never believed it then. And I didn't look after myself and Vicky will attest to this. I didn't put, because I didn't have as a freelance, dan- freelance dancer, you don't have the physio aid and care, the regular class. You have to do all of that yourself. And I did. Mm-hmm. It was incredibly expensive and I would often be on my own. My peers won't mind me saying this. I would be the only one that would go and do ballet class. Well, pretty much the only one that would go and do ballet class every day before mm-hmm. I came in for a warm up because a warm up in a show is 10 minutes of physical. 10 minutes of vocal and you are off again Victoria talking wow. about la- our lack of injuries people get injured I didn't I went I would do a ballet class or at the time I would start and go and do some yoga and starting to understand about stretching but I wasn't listening to my body in a way that eight shows a week really the knowledge that I have now I was then so even though And my training, exactly like Victoria, is less. I train completely different. I used to love cardio. I'd be doing cardio all the time now. I I don't like to lift myself off the floor. I don't need to. I find weight resistance. I can stretching. I feel joint mobility about creating longevity, as Victoria said, and maintaining what I've got. I find that has come along with looking after what I put in my body, which I do, but which I can honestly say Victoria's always had a very balanced approach to. I'd say I didn't have a balanced approach to it in my 20s and early 30s, but in my early to early 30s onwards to where I am now, I've really worked on how I listen, what I put into my body. And that has made a huge difference without me realizing. So thank you, Vix, I know for saying you think I'm in great shape. It's actually not conscious in a way. It's because I've managed somehow to just take better care of myself and not and and also give myself that time to take care of myself and I've not had the pressure of constant auditioning the constant auditions and the rejections and the self-esteem that goes with being a freelance dance freelance dancer and its decline which can often happen as well as its rise didn't leave me in a good place with how I was about myself now again going back to what Victoria said we've been in control of our own destinies for 10 years I'm not waiting to see will that will that agent call me back because this agent doesn't want me or will that choreographer see me for this audition? You know, you're constantly in turmoil, (laughs) even though I was a worker, you know, I had a successful career. You're still always, always on the periphery of being one audition away from never working again. And that felt like that happened a few times to me towards my early 30s. And my my self-esteem and my own self-confidence was massively dripping away. So discovery so taking a little bit of control back and, and and being in control of my own destiny with one of my best friends with a business that we've grown helped me in terms of how I am physically and I c- honestly can't put a finger on what it is is why I am in better shape if indeed I am it just is a a, 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 a better um mental and physical me all over that is that
2: Flick's diet is very clean and, you know, she's very, let's say, conscious and super nutritious with the food she gives herself and her family. But, I mean, I'd turn up to the theatre and she'd just be grabbing a Snickers between shows. Oh, yeah, which totally. was, yeah. <laughs> That was it. I was like, well, you're not going to have dinner. Oh, no, this will do. And, you know, we'd get on with it. And, you know, we had, there was far less knowledge about nutrition. And mm-hmm. as you said, there was nobody there to guide. No, um, no. You know, as a young freelance dancer, certainly we had a little bit more help at BRB and you know, a bit more staff on that side of things. But, you know, you're just your young kids thrown into this London environment and you're working hard and you've just got to keep your energy up. And as I say, now we have a bit more time to put into it. Um, yeah. Flick deserves to look as good as she does. It
1: doesn't feel like hard work. I think the thing is that we say with our sleepers as well as, you know, just cons- consistency, whether your consistency is one 30 minute sleep workout a week or five it's just consistency and then that consistency Mm. becoming part of a habitual routine that you deserve. You deserve to do 30 minutes of workout if that's what you want, once, twice, three, four, five times a week, depending on what you want. But being uh, consistent with that and not doing it for a month and then doing nothing for three months. And and then realizing that it's not about what you look like now, it's about how your body will be in 10, 20, 30, 40 years. Mm. I for once Mm. want to be running after my children's children maybe i don't know if they decide <laughs> to have them you know. i still want to be doing that and with that just comes understanding you know what you do with your body is is it's a car isn't it you put rubbish oil in yeah. it, it and you it after it it's gonna it's gonna break down it's the same thing with the with the body but it, I, I said i don't exactly. i don't I think about it I'm, I'm lucky to just feel like it's now become a way of life that i enjoy
0: physical fitness and mental health it it it's on the same page because you, you, you do something that gives you purpose and you feel good about yourself. And then it just snowballs. You're just there going round and round on this happy journey. Like I'm, I'm eating well, I'm exercising, I feel happy and repeat. And when you're on that, it's amazing. But when you come off it, I've had moments where I've not gone to the gym as much. And even the way that I, I hold myself and the way that I walk is a little more sluggish and like, and I'm sort of like, oh, candy, like, get your ass back to the gym, because as soon as you go, even if you don't feel like going, but as soon as you go, you're just like, I'm so glad that I went. I'll do better next time. And then you're you're back to it again. I mean, you you can't always be consistently working out. Maybe you do have clients that sort of dip in and out. But I think to have something slow and steady, even if you can't commit to going like every single day, but like, one, even if you're going to the gym once a week, or doing one of your workouts once a week, twice a week, that's enough, not just for your physical fitness, but for you to feel in your mind, I'm doing something that makes me healthy, fitter, happier. What's the most frequent piece of advice that people have asked you for, and what is the answer?
1: In terms of, in terms of workouts, there are normally some very typical areas that particularly as women, as females identifying as women, We'll often say and it's normally the abdominal area. People want to know how to get tighter abs, firmer abs, smaller waist, um, maybe a, a tighter butt, tighter booty as well. In terms of areas, those are probably the areas that we get the most questions about. I'm really happy to say we used to, a decade ago, have quite a lot of weight loss questions. And I'm really pleased to say that we're getting less of that. And I hope that's a flip. Of people thinking about losing weight, fitness is losing weight, and and it's not. It's not, and certainly, yeah. Sleek has never been about that. It's always been about strength, conditioning, posture, mental well-being. It's always been about that. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm glad to say that we get less questions. Of course, if you've gone from not exercising and you come and become a Sleek member, the likelihood is you will lose weight. Of course, because you're you're getting into a fitness regime. But the focus, the questions, I, I think unfair to say there, Vicks are, are less on that these days and more about tone, strength. How can I incre- increase my fitness levels, improve my sleep? We get questions more about that. But, but if it's a body part, everybody always wants tight abs. Go figure. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah i was doing mine uh frantically this morning going my god i'm doing an interview with sleep technique and then i've come on the camera and realized <laughs> my stomach's not on show <laughs> doing it for me doing it for me
1: <laughs> yeah. only ever do it for you only, do only it for ever A. do it i know for you. Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> although i do have my party tonight so um there was that sort of needs to get one more fitness in even though i won't look <laughs> any different for tonight it's like like you're saying it's internal so where do you think you'll be in the next five years? Gosh,
2: we've, we, have had, we have had chats about this and in terms of what we would need to do to the business if we wanted to sell it or get it to a point where, um, you know, we took a step back from it and just, you know, created the workouts and somebody else was more in control of the, the destiny of the company. But to be honest, we're both, and you know, we both, when we chatted about it, we both feel really good. We feel well physically Um, so in terms of us delivering the workouts and being you know at the head of the company I think in five years time if we feel any different we'll make a different decision but you know we both feel like our bodies uh have that longevity and our clientele are getting older with us too so you know We're not trying to necessarily attract, you know, 18 to 20 year olds to come and work out with us. The people that started working out with us 10 years ago are now in their 40s and 50s and onwards, actually. And they're still loving working out with us. And if they get another 10 years older with us and they're still loving it. Great. the only point I said to Flick is, you know, like, I'm not looking good in my Lycra in the next 10 years. I'm just gonna like, I'm gonna take a step back from the camera. I'll do the backs and I'm just gonna put you in the front because I think it's still gonna look as good in 10 years' time. Um, but I think, you know, there are so many facets to the business and so many different parts that need taken care of. Um, you know, if it was that we, you know, we were like, right, it's time to get some young 25 year olds in front of the camera to show better than we can what this needs to look like now. And we're, you know, creating the workouts in the back, choreographing, music selecting. You know, managing the business, um, you know, creating new facets of the business, potentially, if we went down the merchandise route or, uh, you know, there's still so much there to be done aside from actually being the faces of the business. I think however long we decided we wanted to do it, there'd be work there for us to do.
0: It's just an, an amazing, an amazing journey that you guys are on. I mean, I I can't imagine anyone else doing it, but I understand that you would want to you know, either keep the company going and employ new people or to take a step back or to to sell it completely you know it's like this is your baby it's you know it, it must feel just magical to have something that you've taken from was it a napkin in weather yes. and now it's this incredible business 10 years in the in the running still going on climbing growing it's i'm so inspired and it's been just an incredible chat and thank you so much i hope you enjoyed it as well yes very much thank you. Good. It's always good for us as well, taking a trip down memory lane as well.
2: It kind of reinforces the things that we already know about each other, but it it is, it's it's sometimes really nice for us to talk about as well. um, because it makes me very appreciative of a what we have and of sleek as a business because it is our it is our baby and it's um you know it's helps a lot of people and including us. So yeah, Mm -hmm. we're proud of it. (laughs) Absolutely.
1: hundred percent.
0: I think that you can agree with me on this one that these two are epic, strong women with a brilliant attitude. What a fantastic chat it was. I really enjoyed hearing about their separate careers and how they came together to create such a wonderful company. I hope that by listening to this, that it sparks something in you, either to create something of your own maybe, or to become fitter or even to sign up to the Sleep Technique workouts, which I highly recommend, by the way. All details to Sleep Technique I've put into the show notes for you. If you're enjoying the podcast, please do give it a rating and review, as it does help to boost the show. And if you want to get in touch, contact candy.presents.podcast at gmail.com. Thank you all so much. Bye for now.